1: to another episode of the nerd cave retro show my name is Jason Robbins and I'm Derek Diamond so uh today was first day of baseball season how did the uh how the first game go uh the
2: first game was this past Wednesday um, ah. so we actually concluded um the the first home series uh this afternoon which you know it, it has its ups and downs like it always does you know there's some parts that are very chaotic there are some that are fun so it it was really about what I expected you know but it's long long days but you know it it just so happened that the first month and a half of the season the Sunday games which are normally at four o'clock uh moved to 1 p.m. which provided plenty of time for us to do uh as we're recording this not one but two episodes today so uh, it all kind of worked out, but no, it it was busy, but you know, it was,
1: it, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, what, what night was it that I tweeted that, um, our, our local team here, the Biloxi Shuckers, uh, they had their opening day festivities and I only live maybe like, you know, a mile as the crow flies to the stadium right across the bay, and mm-hmm. i'm sitting here in my office and all of a sudden it sounds like world war 3 outside <laughs> and i'm like what the hell's going on <laughs> i saw it on twitter i was like well cuz like i hear like you know like explosions and like there's like you know the night sky looks like daytime and I, I was getting pretty worried there for a bit because of uh you know our our president starting wars all over the place i'm like wow did world war 3 start or what <laughs> Uh, The world war has made its way to Biloxi. Yeah, but the world almost ended yesterday. Um, I don't know if anybody was looking at my Twitter. Uh, A tornado touched down like a quarter mile away from my house, like right down the street, and uh, took out Three Alarm Comics, took out that whole little shopping center there. I mean, not completely. It didn't level it or anything, but it did a lot of damage to it. Like uh, All the windows were busted out, uh, ripped off some of the roof, like all the signs for the stores A local restaurant was damaged really badly. CJ's Seafood House was was damaged. Um, And our power was out for about three hours last night. So um, that was fun. (laughs) I knew it was headed your way, so I hope you guys didn't get what we got. It wasn't as bad as everyone
2: was making it out to be. And what was funny was we actually had a game last night, and we were getting blasted on social media for still planning on having it even though the threat of the bad weather but it kept getting pushed back later and later and later because that storm moved really slow because i remember keeping track of it you know on radar throughout the entire game and it was just pretty much sitting over you guys and then it just slowly moved to yeah. mobile and then as soon as the game ended we put the tarp on the field and i think it started raining here around 10 30 last night but it, it never really got there was a lot of lightning but there were no, like, tornadoes or anything around here, which, you know, I'm thankful for.
1: Yeah, and um, <clears throat> we actually thought it was the end of the storm because, you know, we were getting uh, notifications on our phones all day with flood warnings and tornado warnings. And then, um, you know, like, they said the storm was supposed to be over by, like, 4.30, and we never got any of it. Like, we didn't get any rain mm-hmm. or anything. We just got some lightning. And then about 5.30, all of a sudden, like, like the world was ending And uh, Mm -hmm. that was pretty crappy. So that's why I didn't do any streaming or anything last night. I was just sitting in the dark watching uh, Galaxy Quest on my laptop. (laughs) (laughs) Never give up, never surrender. That's what I did last night. Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, One thing I did want to bring up, I went to, um, what do they call it? Uh, Flashback Cinema today and saw Back to the Future in the theater with Mr. Wally Phelps. And uh, nice pop culture palette. That was awesome. If you ever get to see back to the future on the big screen, do it. It is so worth it.
2: Oh, absolutely. That's one of my all time favorite movies.
1: Absolutely. I never got to see it uh, in the movie theater when I was a kid. I always watched it, uh, you know, on VHS. And first time I've ever seen it on the big screen. And it was awesome. I noticed so much more stuff on the big screen, like Mm -hmm. looking in the background and all that kind of stuff. A lot of things I never noticed before. Like little Easter yeah, if they eggs have it all here, the place.
2: If they have it here, I'll, I'll definitely go check it out because it, it's tough to make a list of like a true top ten favorite movies. Because I have yeah. this conversation <laughs> with people every now and then. It's so hard to do because people are so subjective oh, with yeah. movies, like with genres and you know tastes and things like that. But I can honestly say that Back to the Future would be on my my top 10 all-time favorites oh, list yeah,
1: easily. Like it, it's probably in the top five for me. I mean, as that's up there with star Wars is one. Like I I keep saying star Wars these days. Cause I'm an old man, but I'm talking about like a new hope. Like I've seen yeah. a new hope well over a hundred times over the course of my life. And I've probably seen back to the future that many times as well. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite Absolutely. movies. So if you ever get to see it, dude, go see it. It's awesome. No I will absolutely. but on that note, let's go ahead and let's move into we got a lot of news to cover for this week and next week so let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, to start us off with in the news I, I do have a correction uh, last week or the week before I had said it was um, I think Derek Bryant who's a, a you know one of our regular, uh social media guys who talks to us a lot I got him confused with somebody else. It was actually Thad Smith who requested that I do little Nemo so I wanted to throw him a bone and uh, <laughs> and let everybody know that it was him who uh, uh, suggested that I do little Nemo um, and also uh, he was talking to us about if, if he does if if we do a patreon he said he would love to be a patreon supporter of the show so we'd got to jump on that. So we can start paying for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta figure out all the details with all that. But uh, but for our first story, actually... Uh, King of Kong star stripped of high scores and banned from competition. This is actually... I got this off of Variety. Uh, famed high score gamer Billy Mitchell... Uh, was officially stripped of his Donkey Kong and other video game high scores and banned from submitting scores to the world's largest tracker, Video Game World Records, following a decision that he cheated. Twin Galaxies announced. Uh, they said, with this ruling, Twin Galaxies can no longer recognize Billy Mitchell as the first million point Donkey Kong record holder. And according to our findings, Steve Wiebe would be the official first million point record holder. Uh, and I don't think there's. Um, did they go into? Yeah, he used emulated software and not the original circuit board version of the game, which means a player could cheat in any number of potentially undetectable ways. That's why all submitted high scores must be from playing on original, unmodified arcade machines. So he's been stripped of his rec- of his record officially.
2: By uh, you said. Famed high school gamer, best known for his role in the King of Kong. You mean the villain yeah. of King of Kong. That's, <laughs> the that's, even the the picture, he looks kind of douchey.
1: He does. He's just got that look about him, just, just says, Yeah, I'm a douche. <laughs> yeah. I
2: mean he, he could very well be a nice guy, who knows? But I know the we've joked about it before. The way he was portrayed in that documentary was was not the most flattering, but yeah, you know, this is a story that we've kind of talked about off and on the last few weeks, and I, I can't really say I'm surprised. If if he did cheat, then yeah, his, his record should be taken away.
1: Oh well, here's uh here's from the official statement uh, after they notified Guinness World Records uh, on 2-2-2018, Twin Galaxies member Jeremy Young filed a dispute claim, assertion that. Uh, against the validity of Billy Mitchell's historical and current original arcade, Donkey Kong score performances of 1,047,200. Uh, the Donkey, Donkey Kong tape, uh, see a mortgage broker score, a boomer score, and on the technical basis of a demonstrated impossibility of original unmodified Donkey Kong arcade hardware to produce a specific. Board transition images shown in, the, shown in the videotaped recordings of those adjudicated performances. Uh, he concluded that not only can original Donkey Kong arcade hardware not produce the board transition images shown in the recording, but that these transitions were actually gener- generated through the use of MAME emulated software. So he got caught. As you get caught, and you're you get stripped. That's just all there is to it.
2: I wish I had a gavel that I could just bang on the table and say, case closed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that puts Steve Weeby at the top, which is good because, you know, that dude actually earned it. And yeah. um, so congratulations to him. It sucks that, you know, it took this long to uh, to, you know, make him number one, but he actually did it with people watching him, so... Billy Mitchell wants to. Well, I don't even know if he can actually uh, do it again. If he actually ever could do it uh, at all, I think he might be banned. Yeah, I think he's just banned yeah. altogether. So even if he did do an actual million point run, he he would never be able to uh, use it as a as a you know world record. So that's what you get. Well, you
2: know what they say about karma.
1: Yep, karma's a bitch.
2: Yep. Uh, this next story we actually touched on last week uh, from Polygon.com, but this is official now, and this uh, goes credit to Randy Bailey for sending this story in. Uh, The Sega Genesis Mini, a.k.a. Mega Drive, has been officially announced uh, to commemorate the console's upcoming 30th anniversary. Wow, I can't believe it's that old. (laughs) Sega took the opportunity to unveil its own miniature classic edition version of the legendary 16-bit Genesis, or as it was called in the rest of the world, the Mega Drive. The so-called Mega Drive Mini will be released in Japan first with the U.S. and other territories later this year, according to AtGames, whose technology will power the console. Uh, You may recognize AtGames, whose Sega Genesis Flashback console tried and failed to match Nintendo's efforts last year. Um, I'm all for this. I will be getting one. Uh, I I
1: absolutely will. I'd like to get one too, but I'm not at all excited about AtGames being the actual... Uh, maker of the hardware, I'm kind of a little bit weary of that, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it'll be cool to go back
2: and play. You know, the old Sonic because like it's, it's one thing playing it on like an emulator on your computer, but even with the the NES Classic and the SNES Classic, having that controller,
1: yeah, oh yeah, and
2: using it to play those games, having a Genesis controller, which is holding it's a little weird. Like, it's an odd looking controller yeah. because it's got, I think, uh, six buttons on the side. It's got like ABC and XYZ on the right side. Uh, but other than that, you know, I, I'm really excited for it. And I'll, I'm curious as to what games they're actually going to
1: put on this thing. So, do you think that's what I was going to ask you? Do you think they're going to just do the flat 30 games, or do you think they're going to try to one up Nintendo and do like, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 games on it? because they did have if I a little were them, bit, you know a little bit bigger of a library than uh, I think even the Super Nintendo even had
2: I mean if I'm them I put as many games on this thing as it'll hold you know whether that's 40 whether it's 50 or even more yeah you know I'm as many as you can put on there I would do it
1: I would too I I'm I'm really excited about getting one of these. I I still never got a uh, a Nintendo Classic or a Super Nintendo Classic. I I want them, but I'm just I was never that hardcore about getting one. I always said that if I just ran across one, I would get one, but I, I never really just ran across one uh, because you know I've got you know I've got an emulator on my computer. I've got the actual old Super Nintendo and Nintendo and. I don't know. I just kind of never really felt the need to get one, but with a Sega Genesis, I never had one as a kid. I would love to have one of these.
2: Yeah, it definitely an interesting story to follow, especially because you know, I, I really want to know what games that are put on it and when it's going to come out in the U.S. It, it's got to be, I think, a holiday release if I had to
1: guess. Yeah, oh, definitely. I think it was. It's probably we're probably looking at maybe a midsummer to. Fall release, I would think, especially in America, they're going to try to hit that you know Christmas season pretty hard. So that that would be, I would say, if not midsummer, at least by like September or so, Octoberish, for sure. Uh, but also at that same event. Sega announced that updated versions of its classic titles Shinmu 1 and 2 are headed to the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, and PC. Uh, That's going to be happening this year. Sega says the updated games will be available in both physical and digital forms. Uh, Did you ever play the Shinmu series? I never got into those games. I really just kind of haven't really heard of them until now.
2: Yeah, I, I recognize the name. But I never played them because you know, with Sega, Sonic was really the only games that I played for that system. So, um, yeah. people seem to be happy about it. So, um, yeah, I'll have was, to
1: do more digging on this. Yeah, everybody was going crazy about this on Twitter, and I was like, "What is Shin?" I mean, I'd heard of it, but I don't know. Just one of those things that kind, of, I guess, kind of passed under my radar, and just I never really paid attention to it. I'll have to look it up and see what these games are about.
2: I Find it to be kind of funny that it's coming out on every console except the switch, yeah. (laughs) It's like it's reigniting that old rivalry with the the SNES and the Genesis back in the 90s.
1: It wouldn't surprise me if Sega tried to, uh, you know, come out with a new console in the next couple of years to try to, you know, uh, just reignite that old flame war they had back in the 80s. I mean, you remember. Yeah, you know, I, I put a couple of the, uh, old ads on the um the Nerd Cave Retro Twitter, the old uh, Sega does what Nintendo don't print ads back mm-hmm. in the day that we used to see all over the place. I liked it back in the day. I mean, I never played a Sega, never had one, but you know, I loved those old rivalries that used to happen back then.
2: Yeah, here's a question I'll post for the listeners and and you can post this on Twitter or Facebook. What's your favorite classic retro video game ad it can be like a poster or a commercial what is it because i'd be very curious to to see that because i've got um i'll post this on the the facebook and the twitter page have you ever seen the old japanese link to the past commercial
1: uh probably i have to look that up
2: Uh, words can't describe it yeah for those listening you can look it up but it, it's it's so bad that it's amazing.
1: I think my favorite you know old retro advertising is probably the uh, the now you're playing with power poster that used to come with the uh, did it come with the the action set or did it come with uh something else like maybe with that you or did you get like one big one with the action set and then you'd get like a smaller one with select games or something like that? But you remember that? Poster, I want to say though. it came with the action set. I think so too. I'd love to oh, find yeah. a reprint yeah, for sure. of it. I looked them up on uh, eBay, but the last time I looked, they were kind of expensive, and I, I didn't want to just you know plop down a bunch of money for a poster that I really don't need.
2: Yeah, it's funny going off on that. My favorite is the Super Nintendo. Now you're playing with superpower ads. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm look I'm looking at the some of the graphics now, and it's. You know, you had all the smoke and the lightning and the giant red letters with yeah. Super Nintendo and Superpower. It was, it was really cool stuff. Just got you and, excited you know, I,
1: as a little kid. You're just like, Ooh, i want so bad.
2: <laughs> I know. He's like, oh yeah, I remember playing the Nintendo, but now it's the Super Nintendo.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. Uh, to start us off, in 1990. Uh, Super C, a.k.a. Super Contra, was released by Konami for the NES in April. It was released for the arcade in 1988. Uh, I actually reviewed this on the show pretty early on. I actually played it for a little bit last night after the power Mm -hmm. came back on. um, I didn't have any internet, so I just cranked up the Nintendo and and played some Super C last night. Yeah,
2: I want to say this is on the NES Classic.
1: Uh, I think it but is. But I haven't I think, played it. And I remember. Yet. I think we talked about that because the original Contra is not on it, but Super C is. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. So you know, it, it's it's one that I have access to, but I, I just haven't got around to playing yet. Like a lot of games that I have. It's good. But um, I'll, I'll definitely have to check it out. Uh, next up, also in April of 1990. Snake's Revenge, a stealth action-adventure video game produced by Konami for the NES in 1990, is the unofficial sequel to the original Metal
1: Gear. A lot of people hate on this game. I've never played it. I was, yeah. never, I was never into Metal Gear series. I don't like stealth games at all, even up to this day. That's my probably one of my least favorite uh, gaming genres. But i never played this game, but a lot of people I talk to hate this game with a passion.
0: And I don't understand why.
1: I don't like I, I've
2: read a lot of the hate for it, but and maybe it's just because I've never played a Metal Gear game. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know how it compares to the others or why it's you know so hated. I, I really have no idea.
1: Might have to uh, emu- get an emulator, uh, a emulator copy of it, and um, try it out. I'm, I mean, I'm probably not going to like it as it is because I don't like stealth games, but I'll try it out. Yeah. Uh, also, on April 16th of 1992, Origin Systems released as, releases Ultima 7, the Black Gate for the PC. Uh, Ultima, um, one of the 12,000 different Ultima games there are out there. <laughs>
2: this was the Ultima game of that particular week in yeah, which it was released.
1: Of that day that it was released. <laughs>
2: Before Ultima 27 and smell vision came yeah. out. <laughs> I mean I, I I mean we've talked about this series before, but you know, I've never played it, so I can't really Yeah, me neither. Like I, I don't want to sell it short, but I, I don't really know that much about it.
1: Oh, it's got its fans. I mean still to this day people are still playing that Ultima online, but man, it's it's definitely had uh staying power for like forty years. Oh, for sure. Uh, to close out uh, this month
2: in video game history, on April 27th, 1992, Nintendo releases Kirby's Dream Land for the Game Boy, the first game in the Kirby series. It's another game that I have memories of, you know, going on road trips and whatnot. It is, it's still to this day the only Kirby game that I've really played. Um, It is a fun one, and it's one that, you know, I'll review on a future episode. But, little... you know, Kirby's got its fans. I mean, it's still. You know, a, a game I think just came out for the Switch that features Kirby. So
1: little fun he's still fact, going. Back in the late seventies, when uh, or maybe it might have been early. No, it was seventies, uh, late seventies. Uh, Nintendo, of course, uh, made Donkey Kong, and mm-hmm. Universal came along and said, "Hey, they filed a lawsuit against Nintendo, which was just this, at the time this this little bitty company." That was operating out of like you know an apartment or something like that in America, Um, but the you know Universal came along and said, "Hey, this is a little too close to King Kong, so we want the money that Donkey Kong has made." So Nintendo hired a lawyer who looked into um, who owned the actual copyright of King Kong. Well, guess what? Universal made a King Kong remake in 1976, but guess what? Universal, somebody at Universal messed up and never went back and uh, copyrighted and, and or actually, you know, re upped the copyright or whatever on King Kong. It lapsed. So it was in the public dom- domain. So Nintendo, I think, uh, countersued at the time. And I think, I'm not sure exactly who got the rights to King Kong. I, I didn't follow the story that closely. But anyway, you know, Nintendo came out on top in this uh in this lawsuit guess who their lawyer's name was Kirby exactly <laughs> so that's kind of a, a nice little bit of uh trivia for Nintendo that you know because Mario was named after their landlord why not mm-hmm. cur- name Kirby after their lawyer who who won big for them in the late late 70s so I like it the more you know. Exactly. I need to get that little sound bite. But uh, let's go ahead and, and tell everybody about books for this week. Derek, have you been listening to anything good this week?
2: Well, so for you, the listeners of the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and free, I'll emphasize that word more free, F R E E, free, 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You know, I've listened to several books from Audible that I could give great recommendations for. You know, there's Ready Player One, um, there's the multiple Chris Jericho books I've read, uh, and that's the cool thing about Audible is that you've got such a variety of things to choose from. You have fiction, nonfiction, autobiographies, sci-fi, fantasy, romance, gaming, uh, gaming books. They have. Uh, World of Warcraft,
1: <laughs> Gears of War. You said romance <laughs> gaming. I've never heard of that genre.
2: <laughs> romance gaming. That, yeah, 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 that, that would be an interesting concept. That would make a romance game.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'd play that.
2: <laughs> uh, probably not. That that could get into some dangerous territory. But yeah. hey, we'll, well, that's for another. That's for another episode I think, to talk I think about.
1: Leisure Suit Larry would fall in that category.
2: <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. Anyway, uh, they have books from. Uh, Mass Effect, Gears of War, Halo, so many gaming franchises. You know, the, and that's that's the great thing about Audible is they have such a variety to choose from. You can find anything that you like on Audible, and it's free. You know, you can go to audibletrial.com/nerdcave, use our code uh, to download your free audiobook today. Again, that's audibletrial.com/nerdcave for your free audiobook download and thirty-day free trial. And this week we are talking about.
1: music that uh, for the for the Batman game we're gonna be talking about this evening. Um, it is officially called Batman Return of the Joker on the NES. Uh, it was known in Japan as Dynamite Batman. It's a 1991 platform video game the follow-up to Sunsoft's first Batman game for the NES but unlike that game which was based on the 1989 Batman film, uh, the Return of the Joker is entirely self-contained and based more on the comic book iteration of Batman. However, he does keep the Batmobile uh, from the, the 1989 film. It was also made on the Sega Genesis, uh, I think was it, uh, 92 called Revenge of the Joker uh, by Ringler Studios and a Super Nintendo version of, Rezen- of Revenge of the Joker was in development but never released. Uh, and a different version of this game was released on the Game Boy in 1992. I never, I didn't play the Game Boy version, but I did play the NES version. I played the Sega Genesis version, and I did get a uh, uh, not exactly, you know, a bootleg copy of uh, the N- Super Nintendo version. We'll a legal version, <laughs> in quotes. Um, they're basically they're all the same game. I can't speak for the Game Boy game. They're, uh, it, it, the NES version still kind of looks the same as the first Batman game, kind of the same aesthetic, but it's completely different. Um, I tried to look up some actual old, um, you know reviews of this game, some written reviews. There really aren't any. The only thing I could find was YouTube video reviews of people the last couple of years um, reviewing this game it's generally looked at pretty favorably uh, on you know youtube reviewers but honestly i did not like this game at all especially after playing the first batman game you know i reviewed that one on the show here you know it's got everything you want in a nintendo game and and it's the most batman of the games because you know, you've got your your jumping ability. That you know the wall jumping. You've got you know your different um, you know batarangs and all that kind of stuff you can go through. You've got melee fighting. It's just kind of you know it's got platforming. It's just a really well made game. And then they went and made this game, and I and I could hear you know the the boardroom meeting for this game. It's like, all right, guys, the. Uh, First Batman game did well, so uh, I think for this game we're gonna take everything fun about the first game and you know the 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 the, the melee fighting and the jumping, the uh, the wall crawling or the wall jumping and all that. We're just gonna throw all that out the window, and uh, we're gonna give Batman you know those um you know the Spider-Man web shooters that you can get little kids that uh, shoot the little discs off of their wrists that you get from uh, Target for like fifteen bucks. Yeah, we're gonna give Batman one of those and uh, give them some really crappy uh, weaponry to use in the game, and we'll just use that. So <laughs> let's take everything fun about the first game and just get rid of it. I did not like this game at all, man. I really wanted to like it because I I never played this game before, and I really always just liked the, um, the actual cover art for the game. It looks awesome with the Joker's face yeah. on it. Used the Batman font from the 80s. But basically, let me talk about the the, the you know the uh, story for the game. Is um, each version of the game is essentially the same in storyline and format. Story begins with the Joker escaping Arkham Asylum, and through various henchmen trying to send Gotham City into chaos, Batman must survive several side-scrolling levels as well as defeat five boss levels to ensure that Gotham is safe. Batman is armed with a utility belt that allows him to collect various types of icons through the stages in order to shoot different types of batarangs and projectiles and I sort of hated so much about this game. You can't fight. There's no, you know, no melee fighting. There's no wall jumping ability and when Batman jumps, it's he's kind of got that same sort of jump that I don't like about the original Castlevania where you jump and it the The physics of it makes Batman feel like he weighs like a thousand pounds. Like mm-hmm. there's no real, you know, long jumping abilities or anything. The only thing he really has is he shoots the batarangs and he does like the slide maneuver along the ground to kind of get you, you know. I don't even know if it does any damage when you like slide kick somebody, but you have to do it a lot to escape some of the ridiculous boss battles in this game. And, uh, especially like, I knew I wasn't going to like this, this game because the first night I played it, played the NES version and I just, I got, I couldn't even get past the first boss. And I gave up after about an hour and a half and I was like, I just, I, something about that game I just don't like. So I was like, maybe I'll just give it a couple days, you know, Let, it, let me kind of rest on it a little bit. Think about it and come back to it. And that's when I went and looked up some reviews of it, watched some reviews on uh, YouTube everybody generally seemed to like the game. So I was like, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just expecting too much of the first game. I'll go back and play it again. Played this for the second time. And I was like, yeah, I got through the first level okay. I was like, it's okay. And then once you get to the second level, um, and this is just like World 1-2 or whatever. Um, It's got that, it does that same thing where... You know the uh the the pirate ship level on Super Mario Brothers 3 how it constantly moves to the right. Mhm. It's like that but not good. And I hate levels like that and and it took me so many like continues to get through that part because I would get impatient and just fall or you know the screen doesn't move fast enough to where like you can see what's coming or you end up getting like sandwiched between like you know a crate in the left side of the screen and it's like insta death that type of thing mm-hmm. so before i go any further any questions i've been going on for a while <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: no it's all good um whenever i was looking up cuz i i'd never even heard of this game until you said you were going to review it my first takeaway was i love the cover mm-hmm. it looks it looks just like the cover of a batman comic yeah so I, I thought that was really cool. And then, you know, I, the very few things that I could find out about this game weren't too kind to it. So I, I was curious to hear your, your review on it. Uh, why would you take like so this is a Batman game without fighting.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly.
2: That makes zero sense.
1: It's like a that's like the first scrolling. thing I think
2: of when I think of Batman is you know, just fighting thugs in an alley yeah. or fighting the Joker or the Riddler, Mister Freeze.
1: And then it does that thing where like if you're standing too close to a, to someone, you can't hit them with you know the the batarang shooter or whatever because he when he shoots you know he's got his arm straight out. If you yeah <laughs> if you stand too close to someone, you can't hit him. And you just stand there taking damage. And you can only get hit, like, eight times. And I know that sounds like a lot, because a lot of games you get hit once and you're dead. But you can get hit hit eight times in, like, less than a second and die. So it doesn't really do much good to have, like, a health bar. So, I, you know, I just don't like it. I tried to like it. I just don't. And then, so... (coughs) Excuse me. I fired up the uh, the Sega Genesis version which the graphics look a little better. Of course, I mean it's 16-bit, but it, it was the same thing over there. It's it's basically the same game ported over and I couldn't really I spent about 30 minutes on it and I was like this is just not fun at all. I don't it's not fun. And then, of course, I played the SNES version, which, you know, it's the same thing. It kind of looks it looks like the Sega Genesis version, but it's a little bit brighter. And that was a lot of games that, that shared, you know, Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo tended to have a little bit brighter graphics. But at the same time, I can kind of understand why this game never got released, because it, it would have sucked. It just wasn't fun. It's not good.
2: It just sounds like a failure from the start. You know, when you said that they took the fighting out of Batman, it's, you're basically ripping the heart out of it. Because, yeah. like I said, when you when you think of Batman, you think of fighting bad guys. Yeah. And if you don't do that, what what's the point? You might as well just take everything Batman-related out of it and just have it be, I don't know, <laughs> something completely different.
1: Yeah, and if you're gonna, you know, you're gonna, it it was basically, you could tell it was the same game engine that they used for the first game, because the graphics are almost exactly the same, you know, the, you know, the backgrounds and the character animation, but why would you take all the good stuff out of it? Like, all the fighting, just, if they would have just left in the ability to, like, punch and kick, and, and, you know, do the, the, the high jumping and stuff like that, I'd have probably been okay with this game. Yeah, yeah. But they just took everything out about the Batman game that was fun. And just, you're left with a really nice looking, you know, game art. But other than that, there's just nothing there. So that's pretty much all I got to say about it. I played all three versions of it. I didn't play the Game Boy version of it. I mean, if you like Batman... The cover art's nice enough to actually want to own a copy of this. But this, you know, this game is from Sunsoft. So, one thing I've found with the Sunsoft label from back in the NES days is Sunsoft was one of those labels where, like, you know, one of those publishers where, like, the game is either really good or it's a complete failure. (laughs) So, you don't Mm -hmm. really get much in between with Sunsoft games. So, this is, in my opinion, one of the ones that ends up in the failure pile but I would love to find an actual copy of this game just to have because the cover art looks so nice
2: I'd love to have it as a poster
1: yeah it, it, it looks like a um like you know like a graphic novel that you would buy
2: mm-hmm. yeah what would you give it on a number scale
1: uh this is going to get like out of 10 it's just going to sit right there in the middle like a like a 5 it's it's not good at all. I mean, it's not it's not bad, but it's not good either. It's just kind of one of those meh. I'm never going to play this again ever. Yeah. That's disappointing. I mean, it's not as broken as like um Fester's Quest. It's not it's not unplayable. I mean, it is playable, but you know, like the mechanics of the game aren't broken. You know, like Fester's Quest is, but it's still, it's just kind of so middle of the road and just, it feels um, rushed and slapped together, is what it feels like from the very beginning. Like they just, the Batman game did so well. They were just like, all right, we got to get another game out. And they couldn't wait for the sequel of the movie. So they put out a sequel to the game, which was based off the movie. And then when they finally got around to doing, um, you know, Batman Returns for the SNES, that game was awesome. I mean, that's the Batman mm. game to have, you know, the first Batman game for the for the NES, Batman Returns, and then another game that I want to review soon, uh, the Adventures of Batman and Robin for the SNES, which is freaking awesome. I mean, it, it is, it's like playing. That's the one the old, based
2: off the animated series, yes, right? It's
1: so good too. like the fighting and just. You know, using the uh, your your weapons and you know, you your, do your whole like utility belt load out before each screen. It's great. I don't really know why they called it the Adventures of Batman and Robin, because Robin's not a playable character in the game.
2: <laughs> yeah, that I didn't even know that. That's well, wow, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, this game, like I said, if you find a copy of it and you want to pick it up the cover art looks nice but this is not something you're going to want to play especially if you're a fan of the first Batman game you know the punching the fighting the the actual Batmanness of it you're not going to like this game so that's all I got to say about it
2: Jason has spoken
1: I have spoken <laughs> but that's, uh, that's pretty much going to bring us to the end of this episode uh, Derek is there anything you wanted to throw out there before we go this week?
2: No, just uh, as always, be sure to check out the Derek Diamond Experience. Uh, new episodes come out every Thursday on iTunes, Spotify, and all other podcasting platforms. Uh, you can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at
1: D Diamond Podcast. Awesome! And for the Pop Culture Palette, we just had a new episode drop this last weekend, where we had Mister Jeremy Branch, who uh, worked on the Survey film with with me and Derek. Uh, he was on the episode. He runs Movies Are Terrible on YouTube. And uh, so go listen to that episode at PCP Show and uh, PCPRadio.com if you want to go listen to it. Other than that, I think it's time to call it a night. What do you say?
2: I'm right there with you.
1: Let me go ahead and play our music, and we'll get out of here. Uh, if you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com, and we will read it on the show. Uh, we're at nerdcaveretro.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro, at jfontastic, at Derek underscore diamond, and we're at Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. So, Derek, tell them what it's all about.
2: May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce.